Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Adam Patterson. We are joined today by Indra Sandal, National Lead for the VHA Uber Health Connect Initiative, and Ben Williams, Director of the Veterans Transport Program, for an interview on the recently launched Veterans Health Administration Uber Health Connect Program. Launched in February 2022, the initiative allows veterans to access Uber's rideshare services to reach healthcare appointments they might otherwise have difficulty accessing allowing them to more consistently receive medical and behavioral health services while saving VA considerable money from what would otherwise be lost appointments. The initiative is already rolled out for 10 VA hospitals, with plans to expand the program significantly in the near future. Indra, Ben, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Adam, for having us. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. It's great to have both of you. And I want to start out with a general background question for our audience. Uh, and I'm wondering, can you tell us a bit about your careers thus far and what brought you to your current role at uh, the VHA uh, Innovation Ecosystem and with the uh, Uber Health Connect initiative? Uh, thank you so much, Adam, uh, and uh, for having us today in this. And we are very excited uh, to talk about uh, this initiative. Uh, but before we'll go in detail, uh, let me give you a little bit of a background. And if I go too much into it, uh, then apologize me. But um, uh, want to tell you a little bit about uh, what is the reason why I wanted to work for veterans, uh, because that's always comes to the point that why this population. Uh, my dad was a veteran. Uh, he served 30 years in Indian Air Force and retired as a wing commander. So I grew up in a family which had a culture of gratitude and respect and hope like one day when I was growing up that I will also get the chance to serve veterans like my dad. He's not anymore, but um, uh, but 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 for, for my higher education, um, I have to come to US. And I worked almost 15 years uh, starting from my PhD days uh, uh, in, in genetic research, uh, traveled 12 countries and 25 states in US to present my research work and had a privilege to lead the various teams in, um, in Nebraska, Virginia Tech, uh, Utah, Montana, Chapel Hill, a lot of other places. Uh, but the moment I waited since I was a kid, I uh, came in 2014 uh, when I joined Memphis VA. Uh, after becoming a U.S. citizen. I'm very sure audience know that to work in the VA hospital, you have to be a U.S. citizen. And I gave up my Indian citizenship. And in 2013, I became a U.S. citizen and got the chance to come to the VA, which was a, a dream uh, came true. Uh, and at that time, I also uh, joined the MBA uh, in Northwestern University in Chicago. Uh, since then, uh, because now I was in, in, in the VA, um, in my dream job, uh, I always wanted to uh, rally the employees uh, so that, um, that they can reimagine the innovation. Uh, they can think bravely and develop some solutions uh, which they think is best for the veterans because they are the frontline employees. And so in last uh, three to four years, I took multiple appointments uh, and including my um, current position, uh, which is in Memphis, um, which is an innovation specialist. Uh, that's a part of the VHA Innovator Network, uh, another portfolio in the VHA Innovation Ecosystem. Uh, and as a result of which uh, developed a uh, partnership within the Memphis VA and uh, 15 other VA hospital. And uh, the movement came in 2019 when Memphis VA became a 
VHA Innovator Network site. Uh, what does that mean is that there are only 33 VA hospitals all across the country uh, who are a part of this Innovator site. And, and what's there for the employees if we became an Innovator site? Uh, this program provided the platform for the frontline employees, and not only for funding, but for the education, for networking support for their innovation project. And I felt so proud for, for this accomplishment, what we got it in Memphis VA. And last two years, Memphis VA ranked number two um, among all those uh, innovator sites because we have such a variety of the uh, almost 30 projects with 100 employees who are doing at this time. Um, so the topic uh, which is uh, close to my heart and, uh, and I can give you a little bit uh, later that how it started, um, the transportation. Um, although I am not from the transportation program office, but that is something uh, which I'm very sure audience might be uh, of interest that why transportation? Uh, we talk about the access of care to veterans. And this is one of the largest barrier uh, transportation for our uh, 5 million veterans who are living in a rural and urban areas. Uh, most of the time, uh, people think it's only a problem in the rural areas. No, it is problem in the urban areas also. Uh, and also in 2017, um, there was a survey which showed that 1.8 million missed appointment, which happens every year in the VHA facilities, is because of the transportation issues. And that cost agency almost $4.4 billion. So is there any way we can do something so that we can um, decrease this missed appointment and also uh, for our veterans um, can have a positive healthcare outcome. Uh, so um, that's how uh, this whole stuff came up that can I focus on the transportation. Uh, coming to the point that how I started my journey in this space, um, and then coming to this initiative where we are, uh, is um, uh, in 2019, we launched the Homeless Veteran Employment Initiative at Memphis VA in collaboration with Boston VA. And we got that funding from the Innovator Network uh, as a seed application. And uh, that provided, we provided the rights to the homeless veterans for job interviews and improve the veteran access to jobs by 50%. Again, in 2020, uh, I launched another program in our Memphis VA, which were called as a VA Rural Healthcare, and where we provided the non-emergency medical transportation to increase the access to care for the rural veterans um, after the Mission Act. So after working in this space in last um, um, three, four years, the challenges which I faced, and, and that's how I can tell that how this initiative uh, came up, uh, is that um, can we have a um, can we bring the technology uh, of a ride share? Uh, because that is something which I use very often in my uh, personal life. I, I don't drive car too much. I, wherever I go, I use Uber or Lyft. So uh, that uh, thing came up in the mind that there are so many challenges. Can we have a um, partnership or a collaboration with the, with the Uber Health or with the Lyft uh, to bring their technology, which is almost impossible to get it in the VA. If we can bring that technology, um, can we bring the stakeholders like the program office, Veteran Transportation Program Office, network directors, the CEOs, to buy in on that? And if we can buy in on that, is it possible that uh, the workload, workforce, which is working in the front line in the hospital, will be able to do that? And if we can do that, 
is there way and can we make sure that all these things can be integrated and we can have some platform where where the request can be done on the monitor in front of the uh, in the office uh, as a centralized dashboard you know i'll say my story in in my uh my current role uh, I'm a, as a director of the Veterans Transportation Program. Um, so that's the National Program Officers Office that manages beneficiary travel as well as the Veteran Transportation Service. It's, I'll, I'll say the innovation specialists like, like Andrew's role at, at, at Memphis uh, and the connection to the VHA innovation ecosystem is not as, as strong um, within my part of the organization as it is out at the medical centers. Um, we don't have the staff position as innovation specialists and things like that. So this is my first real interaction with, uh, with the innovation ecosystem. Uh, and it's been enlightening for me to say the least and refreshing uh, where at the, you know, on at the program office level and working at the facility level, there always seems to be so many, uh, so many red, so many, so much red tape. No matter which way you go, in uh, in connecting with a group and, of stakeholders like the innovation ecosystem and Indra, um, and and the folks that uh, we've worked with from from that from that part of the organization has has really helped kind of refresh the innovation innovative thought process, uh, challenge challenge me and and my folks to, you know. Still keeping in mind, as Indra mentioned, that, that you know how can, it's it's not just can we, but how can we, um, and really taking a step further and not just taking that initial no for an answer, but making sure that we peel back the onion in all the different ways. Um, you know, obviously following all the regulatory and legislative statutes that that uh, our authority is tied to, but um, you know, it, it's it's really. Um, it's, it is my first uh, first interaction there uh, with with the innovation ecosystem in the six years that I, that I've been with VA in the three years that I've been uh, in in the role that I am now. Um, so really excited, um, you know, to to have that connection now uh, between our program office and the innovation ecosystem, uh, and 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 definitely look to continue the re relationship beyond you know this particular initiative. So. Um, uh, that's that's kind of how uh, how how we've come together and uh, and and how I've gotten connected and plugged into the to the VHA innovation ecosystem. Definitely, and taking all that into account, what was the original inspiration behind starting the VHA Uber Health Connect initiative? What was the genesis there? The challenges were: uh, can we um, bring something like a rideshare services, which we are using? And as I mentioned earlier, let's go back a little bit. As I mentioned earlier, that the transportation is the largest barrier. Is there anything? Can we provide the transportation as easy as raising hand to the veterans? And if we can, what are the options? And the options were something which you use in your daily life. Uh, like the rideshare services. And uh, it doesn't have to be Uber, it can be a Lyft, but the rideshare service can we do that. That was a basically a uh, thought initially uh, that can we bring the rideshare services in the VA. And if we have to do it, I think so that we have to make sure that what, what is available in the VA, and so before reaching to the Uber Health and getting all those stuff, I did reach out to the Veteran Transportation Program Office 
talk to them after I got my fellowship to work on this initiative. Again, like Ben mentioned, can we have a partnership? Can we have a, a collaboration with rideshare services? Because that is the first start. If you are thinking of envisioning something as a rideshare services, can we have that? And for that, we have to make sure the background, what is the background of the transportation? What is the background of the rideshare services in the VA hospital? And if we know that, then we can see what are the challenges for us to have a collaboration with the Uber Health. But I will let Ben to um, chime in here that what is the history of the rideshare services in our VA hospital? Yeah, thanks, Indra. Um, so, so for the last several years, since since the ride shares really started picking up picking up steam um, in the you know I'll say late late 2010s, um, you know we we have a a traditional part of the beneficiary travel program where veterans we 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 got the affirmation from OGC that hey these ride share services. Are, are akin to or likened very similar to and, and legally um, can, can be authorized for us to reimburse veterans through our, our, our common carrier reimbursement process. So that's uh, the existing authority that we have to reimburse veterans for uh, trips to, uh, to and from uh, VA or, or approved non-VA care. Um, using taxis, bus, train. In, 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 in 2017, we got the affirmation from, from OGC that um, that rideshare was part of that group. Um, so uh, the spin and, the, and part of the innovation that comes with this process is in, in taking the responsibility out of the veterans' hands uh, and allowing them, just like the other services that we have, like, like the Veteran Transportation Service, which is our in-house transportation network of, of drivers and vehicles that we have out at the medical centers, allowing the veteran to say, raise their hand and say, hey, I need, I need a ride. And then letting us take it from there, verify their beneficiary travel eligibility, uh, see if we have capacity to service them in-house. And if we can't service them in-house, make sure that they can still get to their appointment um, by utilizing um, the ride share service. And, and there are some other assumptions in there as part of the process, but we want to make that process very simple. And, and, and to be frank, the other main driver uh, was we, we need we need capacity. Um, and, and when I say we need capacity, we can't service all the veterans who need rides um, with our with our in in-house transportation network. Um, it's just um, the, the the resources aren't aren't there. Uh, so we needed the capacity and in looking at ways um, to increase capacity. Uh, this opportunity and in, into in reaching out from the innovation ecosystem to say, hey, what can we do in this lane uh, was really a perfect match because the ride share services have have a ready made network of, of drivers. And, you know, uh, if that veteran is beneficiary travel eligible and they're ambulatory, uh, it really leads to a very positive, um, I'll say, uh, positive experience for the veteran. Um, as well as, um, you know, increasing capacity for us to ultimately serve our mission, which is get as many veterans uh, to and from their appointments safely as we possibly can. Absolutely. And to get down to what you're really hoping to address there with your, your central mission and the foundational purpose of the VHA Uber Health Connect initiative here, what challenges do veterans, especially transit uh, challenges, do veterans commonly face in being able to access VA health services? What are some of the usual obstacles there that you're helping overcome? Sure. So, uh, you know, 
just thinking in terms of its most basic forms, you know, the veteran population on average is, is, is getting, is getting older. Uh, oftentimes uh, with the aging process and depending on the type of, uh, of procedure being done or the type of the of appointment, uh, being able to transport yourself isn't, is not necessarily, um, you know, something that can always happen. Additionally, there, there's, there's, um, you know, just in, in society in general, there's more and more, more and more people, uh, and proportionally, uh, more and more veterans, uh, not having access to their own personal vehicle, uh, whether it's a personal choice or, um, or, or just, you know, financially not something that's available, uh, or, or otherwise. So, you know, that obviously not having access to, to, um, to transportation and, um, and not having, um, you know, someone there uh, who who can take you or not being able to physically transport yourself, you know, that's that's obviously the the, the biggest one, uh, biggest biggest challenge being able to to access the healthcare services. The agency's done a lot of great work on some of the I'll, I'll say historical challenges in terms of getting veterans enrolled and uh, and things like that. So the next step in making sure they can they can get get the care that that they've earned um, is is making sure they have the transportation. So, um, you know, just just making sure that we have enough transportation capacity, as I mentioned earlier, um, to 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 get veterans who do need a ride um, is really um, what uh, the, the biggest uh, challenge that um, that veterans are facing is 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 a making sure we have the capacity and be creating a process that um, is easy for them to execute. I, I mentioned before, you know, the ride share part is the ride share modality is, uh, is, is part of the, the authorized reimbursement mechanisms. Uh, but a lot of veterans, you know, they, they may not, may not know how to use the ride share apps to initiate a ride for themselves. And then there, there's also, um, you know, a claim reimbursement process that um, that a lot of veterans choose to choose to avoid, and just because they don't want to have to do the application that's that's required from a, a statutory perspective, um, and go through the process to get EFT and, and all of those those other things. So um, you know, those are the those are the challenges that that at this particular process and, and, and initiative addresses, um, and, and things that from from our perspective in the program office, we were looking to address um, with the process. So adding some numbers, Adam here, uh, what Ben mentioned <clears throat> from the data point of view, uh, to give you a little bit of a idea that of, of how big is the problem and how big is the challenge which we are addressing. More than half, the 56% of the total population which we have getting the healthcare is are 65 years or older. And this is, I'm talking about um, the 5 million veterans who are uh, facing the transportation issue. 460,000 are post 9-11. 18% have one or more service-related disability. 52% have lower average household income than other veterans. 54% having only one car. 6% not owning a car who are the people who are living in a rural area also, lacking a valid driver's license, and 13% relying on friends or family for the transportation. So those are the numbers which 
make sure that this these are the numbers which is which is is the biggest biggest barrier and the biggest challenge for the veterans to get the access to care and if you'll go in the rural side that is completely different story some numbers there is like a 23 percent of the rural veterans either canceled or missed appointment or they never obtained the medical care due to the lack of transportation so this is what we are dealing here um, and as a result of which the missed appointment comes. And when the missed appointment comes, you can, you can imagine it's a chain of chain reaction and leading to the poor health outcome for the veterans. So that's what we are dealing uh, from the challenge point of view. Definitely. It sounds like you've really managed to provide a degree of access that clearly wouldn't have been there otherwise. And to extrapolate from that a bit, I'm wondering so far, what regions has the DHE Uber Health Connect pilot been launched in? Where are you currently serving and where have you been able to see you know, benefits and payoff from this so far? Yeah, and Adam, and before we'll go in that, uh, let me give a little bit of a snapshot. We did talk about that. What are the challenges, how this initiative started, uh, but what is this initiative? Um, what we do uh, is it something uh, uh, we uh, we ask uh, the Uber to come and then uh, um, take the veteran uh, back to flow? No, it it has a lot of the steps. So uh, to only to give you and the audience a little bit of what this initiative is. Like Ben mentioned, this is a collaboration between the Veteran Transportation Program Office, VHA Innovation Ecosystem, and Uber Health Rideshare Services. What we did here, we integrated the dream thing, which we wanted to do that. We integrated the HIPAA compliant technology of a Uber Health into the existing transportation system to make the modernization of the transportation system so that there will be a centralized dashboard from where the clinics and the transportation team can schedule the ride for the veterans. So literally the transportation team can sit in their office in front of their monitor, they have a dashboard. From the dashboard, they can schedule the ride, they can manage the ride, they can track the trip, they can record the billing, they can submit the invoice, they can send the reminders to the veterans and they have 24 seven the support system if something goes wrong. They can see all the track of the uh, uh, driver, where driver is taking veteran and when the veteran is dropped off. That's what we did it. We did it one thing for the modernization of the transportation process. Other piece was the easy and reliable and efficient system for the transportation team, because that is also a very important piece. Other piece, which we didn't talk yet, that this initiative at this time is only available for the beneficiary travel eligible veteran. And for the audience, what does that mean? Is that the veteran um, uh, who has a service connection uh, they also get their uh, travel reimbursement from the VA. So that funding comes in the VA hospital from the higher up. So we didn't need any funding when we started this because it's a beneficiary travel eligible funding, which already VA hospital has it. So we are using that funding. And for that, what's there for the veteran? It's a convenience, that is what Ben mentioned, is door to doctor upon um, the uh, transportation for the, um, for the veteran. But the other thing is that they don't have to pay upfront because if they are using their car or if they are using some other taxi, they have to pay upfront and then get the reimbursement. They don't have to pay upfront, they don't have to claim, file the claim and they don't have to wait for the travel reimbursement. 
that is another piece which we took really great care of that. We will talk later that what's the response of the veterans and then also from the provider point of view, what's the main goal of this initiative? Reduce the no-show and the missed appointment. And the cost saving is another piece which we'll talk. But getting back to your question now that where we did it at this time, we launched after working one and a half year, we launched almost one year with VTP and going through the regulations and the policies and the authorities and the agreement, all that stuff. This January, we launched it into 10 VA hospital. And those are, uh, let me read it here because if I will miss any, it is in vision nine and for the audience, I'm very sure uh, they don't know which is vision nine. So vision nine is a, a mid-south network uh, which includes Louisville, Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky, Mountain Home Healthcare System, which is in Tennessee, Tennessee Valley Healthcare, which is in Nashville, Memphis, where I'm located, Vision 15, which is as rural as you can say, it's a Wichita, Kansas, uh, Kansas City, uh, Leavenworth, Columbia, St. Louis, and those are the 10 VA hospital where we launched it in this January, and we went for a roadshow to visit all these 10 sites with our integrated team from the VTP, VHA Innovation Ecosystem and Uber Health to provide the quarterly report to the executive leadership. And there we interviewed a lot of the stakeholders uh, to get their feedback. So we were there from April 26th through May 6th for 10, 12 days, we were with the whole team uh, going back, back to back to all these 10 VA hospitals. So that's what we, where we are at this time. It's six months into the pilot. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like, again, a, a pretty impressive rollout on, under such a relatively short time frame. And it sounds like the benefits are clearly manifest already. Jumping off from there, I'm wondering what feedback have you received from veterans who have used the VHA Uber Health Connected service so far? And how often are you seeing veterans continually using these opportunities on a regular basis? That's a very good question. And I will, I will um, uh, give you some numbers. So in last uh, six months, um, we have till now uh, around 5,800 uh, rides which were taken by the um, veterans and the unique veterans are uh, 2,100. So you can see the number of the veterans are less than the number of the rides. So that means that each veteran took more than one ride. And also uh, from, the, uh, from the veteran experience point of view, uh, which, which uh, let me go a little bit more in detail about the numbers and then I will let Ben to chime in there. Uh, that was a very important piece for this initiative. Um, if I mentioned earlier also, and Ben also mentioned earlier that veteran experience, you cannot let veteran to sit in the stranger car if veteran is not comfortable. It might be not very big deal for us at this time, but the, consider about the aging veterans who never sat in the car of a stranger. Now we are asking them that the car is coming, you sit there, how you can make them comfortable. And if we cannot make them comfortable, there's no way we can do anything. This initiative is going to end at that day. So what we did beforehand to make sure that we should get the veteran experience in real time, the another unique partnership and the collaboration, we did it here. The VTP, VHA Innovation Ecosystem collaborated with the Veteran Experience Office along with the vet text to the audience to tell a little bit what this vet text is. It's an app which veteran uh, five, uh, 3.5 million veterans at this time are enrolled in that app. And that app is like a veteran gets the a 
appointment reminder on their cell phone. And that's why they call as a vet text. Um, so we collaborated with the Veteran Experience Office, which is known as VEO and the vet text so that the veterans can get the text message. This was done first time ever because generally the veterans get the text message for the appointment. But for here, we requested that, is it possible rather than waiting for the emails to go to veterans, uh, rather than um, making sure that the uh, veteran is responding to the text message, uh, they send the text message to the veterans. And as a result of which, we are getting a real-time feedback from the veterans on this. Till now, uh, we have uh, 287 veterans already responded to the survey, which is around 17%. And based on that, 87% vet veterans strongly agree or agree that they are satisfied with the overhaul. 89% recommend to the another veteran. 81% think that if they might have not got this Uber health, they might have missed their appointment. The other piece, what I mentioned earlier about their safety. So 90% felt safe riding with Uber health and 87% says that they come on time and 88% think that the drivers are very professional. And I will let uh, uh, Ben talk a little bit more about their experience of what they told us yeah, thanks, Indra. And, and you know, as Indra mentioned, just making sure that we were positioned as we go through the pilot to to collect that feedback directly from the veterans to help us understand if this is going to be something that veterans re really want to use in the future and it really helps them was, was critically important. So just a couple of excerpts from some of the feedback that we've gotten from veterans, um, you know, uh, is, you know, I love it. I love it. Wherever it came from, I wouldn't change a thing. I think the program runs really well, um, which is not something you hear traditionally about a lot of, of, of administrative programs uh, in, in the government in general, but especially at the VA. Um, the other one that Indra hit, hit on was I felt comfortable both ways, even the first one that was at 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, but they do. They knew they wouldn't. They wouldn't have a ride home. Uh, VA was. Uh, VA had told me that I was being discharged, and they had called an Uber, and and to get ready to go home. They weren't apprehensive about using the Uber, and it was able to let them go home and sleep in their own bed that night. Uh, you know, those are the use cases. There's a multitude of use cases that uh, that it's being applied to, and in each. Of the great part about it is the there's flexibility involved in it. It allows uh, the facility to, and the care coordinators to work in, in with uh, the transportation team to make sure the situation's right for the veteran. Um, and then also uh, be able to uh, be, be able to quickly, uh, which is the other important part, quickly be able to generate a ride at, at, at almost any time, at, at almost any time of day. So, um, you know, those are just a couple of examples. Um, that we've gotten from veterans um, and um, uh, on their positive uh, experience with, with the program so far. Great. And overlooking all of what you've accomplished so far, I want to get down to the real uh, concrete benefits that uh, the VHA Uber Health Connect initiative has provided for VA as a whole. And I'm curious, in terms of the return you've seen, how has uh, this initiative helped prevent financial losses due to missed appointments? How has that really um, paid dividends so far? 
Yeah, thank you, Adam. That's that's a really good um, uh, uh, good good question to uh, give you a little bit of an insight that what we are also talking about the cost saving, which is also in the VA terms, it calls as a cost avoidance. And uh, also there, there is a more utilization of this uh, um, ride share service uh, for this program. So as I mentioned that um, uh, since the launch of uh, uh, this program in uh, 10 VA medical center this month, uh, and based on our uh, uh, six month uh, reporting uh, data tracking, uh, till now we, we already provided uh, uh, around estimate 6,000 rights uh, to 2,200 eligible veterans and um, a cost saving, which we are estimating is over $7.3 million. And that is, uh, we are uh, calculating based on the uh, ED uh, and the inpatient discharges, uh, as well as from the missed appointment. So when I say ED and the inpatient emergency uh, visits and the inpatient discharges, uh, that is that when we are saving a one bad day. And when you save one bad day, it, uh, it you are saving basically $4,500. And when you are saving one missed appointment, you are saving $950. So um, that's how we calculated the uh, cost saving or the cost avoidance at, at this time, which is $7.3 million from January to uh, June 15th. Uh, but also to give you a little bit of a um, idea that how much uh, how much we spent on on the on the rights uh, to the Uber Health uh, it cost only one hundred seventy thousand that means one seven zero thousand only one hundred seventy thousand we paid to the Uber Health rights as compared to uh, the estimate of seven point three uh, million dollars and I will let uh, Ben to chime in that where we had the maximum utilization uh, of this uh, services and uh, where we had the most saving. Yeah, thank, thanks, Sandra. Uh, so, uh, I mean, when, when you look at the cl clinic utilization of Uber Health, specialty care, um, it really makes up the highest utilization of what we, of what we have observed so far uh, during the pilot, uh, followed by dialysis. Uh, the specialty care was for about 44%, and dialysis is, is current, the current rate of that is about 17%. And those two uh, have, have driven, you know, very significant cost savings uh, from from what we've observed, as as Andrew mentioned. Um, ED and inpatient discharges have a lower volume of rides, but they have a higher rate of cost savings um, compared to specialty care and di dialysis. Um, so we are seeing increases, and again, it depends. As we talked earlier in the conversation about uh, each each medical center and how they're being utilized. Um, locally or how the ride share service is being utilized locally but we are seeing um facilities that started out using it more in specialty care first they're also you know uh, we're also seeing increases in the utilization for um for discharges um inpatient discharges and in in uh in, in ed discharges as well so we are seeing you know consistently the use across whether it's uh, the, I'll say the clinic, you, the different clinics, we're seeing all of those continue to increase, uh, which uh, you know only benefits uh, the veteran, obviously foremost, because they get to where they need to be quicker. But then, then also the agency from a cost perspective. Definitely, and that sounds like it's really been broadly useful and broadly impactful at the locations that it's launched. And uh, going from here, in terms of looking forward and where you see the initiative departing the future and its progression over, say, the next year or maybe the next few years, 
What other locations might the VHA Uber Health Connect program launch? Where do you see the uh, the program taking itself from here? Adam, that's that's a really good question, and uh, it, it's uh, it's um, we we thought process it really well. Uh, that as I mentioned earlier, uh, that uh, we are currently piloting this program uh, in Mid South Healthcare Network, uh, which is uh, basically a Wichita, Kansas City, uh, Eastern Kansas, uh, St. Louis, uh, um, and and also in Lexington, Louisville, Tennessee Valley, uh, Memphis, and Mountain Home, and uh, and we are planning to build on a successful pilot implementation to roll this program as a VA enterprise-wide initiative, and that's a big word, uh, enterprise-wide initiative, which might be over a course of two to three years. Uh, but but what's, what's next uh, in the sense after the pilot, because the pilot is going to end in September of this year, uh, we already have uh, uh, in place um, um, several visions uh, where we are discussing uh, with them uh, the evaluation of this program, uh, how good fit it might be for their vision, and that we are considering as an enterprise rollout phase one, uh, where we are uh, trying to implement uh, this Uber Health program in a 20 to 25 VA hospital, uh, where we are working with uh, uh, six to seven visions. And as, as you um, uh, mentioned that, uh, which area it might be. So the vision which with whom we are working at this time, it's vision seven, um, which, which covers um, Atlanta, Georgia. And then we have vision 20, uh, which covers uh, most of the uh, Washington, uh, um, um, Idaho, and um, uh, other states on that region. And then we have vision 16, we have vision 17, vision 22, uh, vision two, which is very new for us, and it might be a very different region in the Northeast, uh, that is uh, um, uh, the New York and New Jersey, which is the vision two. Uh, so very wide, a wide range of the uh, states where we are going. So might be occupying another 15 or 20 states in the next one year and uh, followed by enterprise wide rollout, which will be the phase two. Um, that will be a nationwide rollout for the rest of the VA hospitals uh, over a two or three years. You know, our, again, our goal um, is to roll out enterprise-wide, and, and, and Indra provided a, a really controlled timeline for us to do that. Um, we are working on a national SOP uh, with the lessons learned from, from the pilot um, in the event that, you know, there are medical centers who feel in advance of, of how we, you know, very deliberately roll out uh, I'll say this process or capability across the enterprise to ensure it's done properly uh, that, you know, so in the event they, that there are others that want to roll out ahead of the schedule that they can do so. Um, it, it just, it's something that we want to make sure, um, you know, because of all the regulatory and, and I'll say statutory requirements that, that have impacted the way that the process has been designed. Uh, it's important that we keep that in front of us and maintain that compliance as we go through that. So um, it, it is, a, it is a, a, I'll say, when you look at enterprise rollout to do it right, um, even a two-year timeline is, is, is very, you know, very, very aggressive when it involves, um, you know, uh, so much work um, 
at the facility level. Um, so uh, we're we're excited about where it's going. Um, you know, we've we've proven through the course of the pilot that you, whether it's an urban or urban facility or uh, a mixed uh, urban rural or or even a, a more rural facility, there's utilizations for it. So uh, we're excited to to get it everywhere we can as quickly as possible, but at the same time do it in a manner that uh, makes sense and can allow us to do it properly. Yeah, and that that's that's something um, we are expecting that uh, with the expansion of the program, uh, we'll ensure that the. Uh, our goal remains same, which, which is the target here, that the patient can get to their appointment reliably on time, that caregivers can focus on providing the best care possible, and also the VA Medical Center can um, uh, have a cost saving or the cost avoidance so that they can reinvest their resources um, in, in, in their other uh, initiatives and also to increase their impact. Definitely. And uh, in terms of where you're looking at the support you've received from VA and the people who helped make this program possible, who do you look at as who've been really foundational in helping bring the initiative to life, not just in terms of the work you've both done, but in terms of providing the critical support that's allowed this initiative to be found and expand? Yeah, Adam, that, that's a, a long list. Um, and Ben and me are a very uh, few drops in the sea. <laughs> because uh, and only two drops but other than that it's like a huge um, um uh, list of the of the of the sponsors and the team members who uh, literally uh, played such a big role here uh, and i will touch only maybe a few of them here uh, their feedback of what they think that what this program is and and also uh, where it might go in future uh, so uh, some of the, as I mentioned earlier, in our roads uh, show, which we did uh, in the last week of April and May, uh, we did interview um, uh, several of our stakeholders, uh, starting from the executive leadership, uh, medical center directors of the VA hospital, uh, the network directors who runs the vision, and also the frontline employees, because those are the most important piece of this whole initiative. Um, so um, uh, maybe I will uh, read some of of the uh, very quick uh, testimonials of maybe one or two uh, from the from the high leadership uh, as the network director of vision 15 uh, dr patterson mentioned that uh, without access healthcare is meaningless so to address access uh, bha uber health connect is important for us and and the one word which comes to his mind about uh, about this program is innovation uh, then we um, also interviewed the, another sponsor of, uh, of this initiative, the network director of uh, Vision 9, uh, which is uh, um, uh, Mr. Goings. Uh, according to him, uh, this initiative is another tool in our toolbox, and the opportunity to use this private-public collaboration is to provide a way to our veteran to their appointments. And also, he did touch a little bit uh, from the healthcare point of view. Uh, yes, it is good for the veterans. Um, what's there for the healthcare system, for the VA hospital? So from the operational point, he did mention that it takes some responsibility of the organization internally, so we can use the resources for other program as it is very efficient internally to the operational impact. And, and the, both the leadership um, and the other sponsor think that the next step in this um, for this initiative is the expansion of the program and also the uh, more awareness to our veteran that these resources are available for them. 
And I will not go in detail about all the other feedback which we got, uh, but uh, uh, that is uh, some, some things which I also want to read here, which we got it from the frontline employees, uh, especially the mobility manager, the transportation team, who is scheduling the ride and, and seeing the impact of it. Um, the Tennessee Valley Healthcare System Mobility Manager, he mentioned, we are thrilled to have found a match for the veteran. If no transportation was available, they would have had to spend an additional day at the facility. Uh, the Lexington VA Hospital Mobility Manager said, requesting the Uber in the dashboard was simple. I was able to cancel the trip and duplicate with the correct pickup time. This was done without any help. The Uber dashboard site is very easy to use. So from their experience and also from the veteran experience, uh, this is what we are hearing from the, uh, from the field. And, and uh, that's what I thought that it might be good to um, bring up here. Uh, ben, anything to add? Yeah, thanks, Sandra. I, I mean, I, um, you know, I don't think I have a, a ton to add uh, just in terms of the feedback that we've gotten. It's, it, it has come in just that, just that it has come in at all different levels, whether it's leadership level, staff level, and veteran level as something that's that's been had a very positive impact. And, and like any new process, we're, we're working out the king. So we've gotten some of that feedback as well. But um, but all in all, very po overwhelmingly positive, uh, really. Uh, from a thank you perspective, um, I know, Andrew, you've got a, a long a long list uh, of of folks folks to thank. Um, you know, I want to thank you, you, Indra, in, in in the innovation ecosystem for 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 bringing this back up uh, as as an opportunity for the agency to use and and really uh, devoting and and utilizing your your time and and network and, and networks uh, and, and other. Um, other avenues that that we as a program office haven't traditionally used um, or, or been been aware of in the past that were available uh, to help make uh, make this happen, and then and then obviously the folks on the front line at the staff level, uh, super super important uh, to make sure that that we give our gratitude towards. There's a lot going on administratively in VA, whether you're talking about staffing shortages or things, other new processes, a whole new a whole new uh, EMR at some sites. So, um, so, so there's a lot going on. So to ask these folks to take on something else, uh, because it, 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 it really benefits veterans, uh, and then, then doing so willingly, uh, involves a huge, tremendous thanks. And, um, and so Andrew, I'll let you take it from there, but those, you know, wanted to make sure that, that, um, we were able to, to thank you and, uh, and the innovation ecosystem for, for the partnership in this, uh, and then I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Okay, thank you, Ben. And I will add, I think so, echo the same thing. It's it's almost impossible. Uh, you and me as a lead and co-lead, but we have a huge uh, army uh, behind us uh, who is supporting us and making our our uh, dream uh, coming true. Uh, you from a leadership from the uh, Veteran Transportation Program Office, a very visionary uh, leadership, uh, considering that uh, this was never done uh, with the program office and a new collaboration, uh, having a, a visionary leader like you who can see far in the future. 
and also uh, want to express my sincere gratitude. I will take 30 seconds here, but I have to add their name because they do deserve all the things what, what, what we are seeing here as an outcome. To our all the executive sponsors, executive director of VHA Innovation Ecosystem, Kate, uh, the network directors, Mr. Goings, uh, uh, Dr. Patterson, uh, member service executive director, a big, big thanks to him, Mr. Garth Miller, uh, who is executive director of member services, all of our um, collaborators, um, the Uber Health Leadership, Caitlin, executive director of Veteran Experience Office, uh, John Burstall, Shane and his team from Vettex, and all the executive leadership team and the staff of VA Medical Center in Vision 9 and Vision 15. Uh, but I will not stop here. I will take another little bit few minutes or maybe few seconds to special thank you to our integrated team from VTP, Veteran Transportation Program Office, Rob Arrowwood, Brenda, Richard, Mark, and many more from Uber Health, Steve, Taylor, Corey, Jacob, Elizabeth, Emily from Deloitte, and the transportation team from all the VA hospital, including Scott Holt from Kansas City, Mark from Columbia, Chris from Tennessee Valley, Cami Tate from Lexington, Jennifer from Louisville, Karen Adam from Memphis, Angela from St. Louis, Mary from Eastern Kansas, John and Charles from Wichita, John and Eric from Mountain Home, John Griffins and Genevieve, the business implementation managers from the Vision 9 and Vision 15. And last but not least, my former supervisor and now advisor, who is a big advocate of the innovation. Now he's a medical center director from Tampa, Mr. Dunning. So that was a long list of my thank you. If I miss somebody, I really apologize. Uh, but from the bottom of our heart, uh, Ben and me are very um, obliged that you all are part of this. So thank you, Adam, for having us here and also to audience for listening to this initiative. Uh, which is bringing a tremendous value to our veterans and VA. And the most important is that this program is bringing the ease of access to care for our veterans. Absolutely. And Ben and Indra, thank you so much for coming on to the program. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Take care. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com.